Last week was Apple's Developers Conference, WWDC, aka Dub Dub. 2021 was the second year WWDC was held virtually. Every year, it floors me how much they add to their whole platform iOS, Mac OS, Watch OS, and of course, TV OS, along with their vision for the future. It wouldn't surprise me if they had a 50 year timeline drawn out. I could spend multiple weeks of newsletters speculating where they are taking their products and us along with them. But let me just say the next couple of years will be fascinating. AirPods are already augmenting our reality with sound while controlling pieces of technology around us. This gives us something to think about as this technology takes small increments adding functionality. When I take Globgore for a walk, I use my AirPods to start a workout, play music, turn off my lights, and close my garage door. I remember the first time I went to Dub Dub in San Francisco. It was my second visit to the city. And if you think I'm an introvert now, you should have seen me 11 years ago. I stayed in a super teeny tiny hotel room in the financial district. The inspirational morning walks to the Moscone Center. Oh, I miss those. Getting dinner in the overly crowded bar in the hotel might have traumatized me a little bit. Saying everyone was shoulder to shoulder is an understatement. I was overwhelmed by the sheer number of people and finally figured out I could order food to take up to my room along with a Long Island iced tea. Today, I miss sitting at the bar, coding with a glass of wine while eavesdropping on conversations. One conversation I would have really enjoyed overhearing was one in San Francisco when Jean Feldkamp had a whiskey and Dan walked up to her. If you know Dan and Jean, there's probably no need to read any further. Still, I have a sneaking suspicion that you don't know about this magnificent duo who focus only on organ sparkling wine at Corollary Wines. Dan and Jean both came from tech, and when I spoke with them a couple weeks ago, Jean was exuberant being out of tech. One day, I need to dive deeper into why wine feeds the brain of us tech people. Dan still has a couple of side projects and is currently working on some AI tech that will tell us. I'll be back. I am hoping you have the same question I did at this point. How in the whole wide world of sports do two people who meet over whiskey in San Francisco end up in Oregon focusing purely on sparkling? If you were to ask Jean, she would have said, it's a very slippery slope going from drinking bubbles to making bubbles. I don't have to process that statement very much to understand where she's coming from. Dan and Jean come from a background of curiosity, drive, and lifelong learners. With a passion for wine on the consumer side and an obsession with sparkling, the dynamic married duo set off to travel, exploring different sparkling regions. Their first foray into making bubbles was a visit to the farmer's market, a few apples and a crusher. Frustrated with the fact that the apples had an invisible force field surrounding their precious juice, the team walked away and stacked the apples in the garage to wither away into nothingness. Something happened to the force field a couple of weeks later. Maybe it wasn't a force field at all. Maybe, just maybe, the apples needed to soften up a bit before being pressed into obedience. This little California apple project back in October of 2015 was one small step to making outstanding Oregon sparkling. From what I understand, Dan still has a couple bottles of the initial project. 
Success with apples got the team thinking about the possibility of making an incremental change from apples to grapes. Calling up vineyards all over California, nobody wanted to sell grapes to someone who hadn't made wine. Yet another obstacle. But I have a suspicion Dan has read Ryan Holiday's The Obstacle is the Way. In August 2016, Dan called up Jean out of the blue and asked her something like, Do you still want to try to make wine? Jean's response, Yeah, sure. Not sure where the conversation was going, Dan replied with, Good, we are picking up a couple ton of grapes tomorrow. Can you imagine getting a phone call to pick up two tons of grapes at the drop of a hat? Sounds fantastic, fun, and scary as all get out to me. The couple had fun hand-crushing all the Pinot grapes from a facility where the guy had lost the lease on the building. In 30 days, everything had to be removed from the building. And of course, the heroes of our story stepped up to the challenge to blaze their path to sparkling glory. In looking at where to settle their winemaking roots, Oregon was a solid fit. The microclimates and the soil types matched those experienced trips and exploring other sparkling regions of the world. It didn't hurt Gene also grew up in Beaverton. Once the couple was in Oregon, they set out on a journey to find vineyards with higher elevations. One fact about sparkling you may not know is that you want late ripening vineyards for grapes are picked early. For bobbles, grapes are picked at a lower bricks level, aka lower sugar levels, since sugar is added later in the winemaking process. Jessica Cortell, a great steward of the land, set out to show Jean and Dan some great vineyards. They are currently working with a few vineyards, including Winters Hill, Namaste, Cottrell Brothers, Montazi, and not yet released, Ex Omni. I started following Corollary when I noticed Jean signed up for the newsletter early last year. It has been a blast to follow them on Instagram and to read their newsletter. They had planned to launch in March of 2020, but some global event happened. I've been tempted on many occasions to click the Buy Now link in their emails and try out this new winery whose focus is only on sparkling. Why didn't I? Well, connection. You should know me by now. I'm all about the face-to-face -face personal relationship. Back in May, a group of us got together to enjoy some wine. And Jessica Cortell showed up with a bottle of 2017 Cuvée 1 from none other than Corollary. After it was opened with a saber, I am pretty sure I was first in line to get a pour. I was blown away. Posted an Instagram story and Corollary reached out about setting up a tasting. Another person in the group, Andrew, was also blown away. April of this year, 2021, Jean and Dan set up their first tasting room with no walls and the exceptional organ breeze flowing through, providing for an excellent setting. I am sure the Corollary team has visions of gorgeous tasting rooms with bubbles all around for customers to share. I have a notion that setting up a tent for tasting is nowhere penciled in their 50-year plan. It works, though, and for me, I enjoyed it on many levels. Driving down the road to Winters Hill Winery, I wasn't sure if I was in the correct spot. But once I got to the parking lot, the red corollary signs helped ease my anxiety of messing up. Walking up a little path, Dan was waiting for me and proceeded to the tasting tent. I had seen a time-lapse video of the building of the tent. To see it in person was fabulous. Sitting across the table from Dan and Jean, my view was exalted, 
filled with the skyline view, trees and wilderness. Marveling at the tent and the setting, Jean mentioned the first tent didn't hold up, and it was quite a feat putting this one up. Dan poured the first sparkling of the day, the 2017 Cuvée 1. It is a blend of 50% Pinot Noir, 32% Chardonnay, and 18% Pinot Blanc from five vineyards. I can nerd out on more details, but not everyone would appreciate the nitty-gritty. If you want the nerdy rendition, hit reply and we can dive deeper. Did you catch the blend or just read over it super crazy quick? Pinot, Chard, and Pinot Blanc. What a combination. Who would have thought something like that would work? But it works on so many levels. The Silicon Valley experimentation comes through. One question I had been wondering was if Dan was more of a winemaker or Gene or both. Come to find out, they are both heavily involved, not only in the winemaking process, but also in cleaning and forklifting. It makes me wonder what other experiments they have fermenting in some deep, dark corner of a cellar room. Next up was the 2017 Winters Hill Pinot Blanc. Yes, a sparkling Pinot Blanc. Who does this sort of yummy madness? These vines were planted in 1990 at Winters Hill. Older vines at higher elevation, approximately 700 feet, make for that tremendous bubbly sensation we all want to find on the mid-palate. Early on, Corollary was named Persed Wines, but Meteor Vineyards in California was already using the name for one of their vineyards. Luckily, it takes a while for grapes to ferment in the barrel, and then there's a whole disgorgement process for sparkling. Ugh, why the grapes were going through this chemical reactions? Gene and Dan came to peace with the name with a mathematical background where proof proves another proof. The logo for corollary is an equal angular triangle, meaning each angle of the triangle is at 60 degrees. You didn't know you were getting a math lesson today, did you? Moving on to the 2017 Namaste Blanc de Blanc. The Namaste Vineyard was planted in 1980. And can you guess who farms it? You got it, Jessica Cortell. She is quite a superhero in and of herself. What Dan and Jean enjoy the most about this vineyard are how long it takes for the grapes to ripen. More characteristics form, giving the Blanc de Blanc an incredible mouthfeel and deliciousness with a longer hang time on the vine. A side note about Jean and Dan, they are gravel bicyclists. I don't know how we got on the subject, but I find it absolutely fascinating that I'm the one terrified of riding on gravel while they have zero interest in navigating a bike with cars on the road. Onward, the 2017 Cottrell Brothers Rosé has many interesting facts you should research, but I'm going to do my level best to be short and sweet about the 828 clone of Pinot Noir. It is kind of a legend. Gary Andrews brought clippings from France hidden inside a London fog trench coat when I was at Van Duzer Vineyards the other week, Bruce showed me the 828 clone. When talking with Dan and Jean, they called it the upright clone due to its upright growth. Most grapes grow down, not the Viagra clone, though, as Bruce likes to call it. I soaked up every little morsel of data like a dry southern biscuit sopping up the last bit of sausage gravy on the plate after a Saturday morning breakfast. Ugh, I miss those biscuits. Let's dive a little bit into carbonic maceration. Do you know what it is? If you do, feel free to skip ahead. You can also skip ahead if you have no interest. I promise there is no test at the end of the newsletter. 
Most of the time, grapes are crushed and the juice ferments to give us a lovely social glue found in our glasses. For carbonic maceration, fermentation happens before the grapes are crushed inside the skin of the grape. How does this happen? The grapes are in a covered container with CO2. In the 2017 Montazi Rosé, the grapes were covered for eight days before being crushed. I'm putting on my wine bucket list to try one of these grapes before it gets crushed. More than likely, it will taste off, but I want to experience it nonetheless. There is a Portland-based writer. Her name is Catherine Cole. Her book on biodynamic farming is fabulous. Sitting there, I told Jean how jealous I was she got to meet Catherine. She proceeded to tell me she met Catherine after a seminar and was fortunate in many ways. Catherine was working on a book titled Sparkling Wine Anytime. It was set to launch when things started to shut down. With the book being delayed, Jean was able to get a bottle of the 2017 Montazi Rosé to Catherine for inclusion inside the book. Here is what Catherine says about the Montazi. Along with Lytle Barnett, Corollary is an exciting new star in the Oregon sparkling scene. This rich, spicy, red-tinted wine is a product of a technique called carbonic maceration that extracts color and pure fruit flavor from whole clusters of biodynamic Pinot Noir grapes. Maybe I need to see if Catherine is willing to give lessons on writing wine descriptions. So much detail about the wine and vineyard, zero tangents. Speaking of tangents, I have one left, hand-frosted bottles. Gene and Dan hand-frost every single bottle. The level of detail they put into the tasting tent, the name, short URLs on the bottle, and the wine, I had to apologize. As we were wrapping up, I confessed to not reaching out sooner. Gene and Dan are great people with an artistic 50-year plan. Fingers crossed that they can send out emails in the next few years and be sold out to give room for other side projects. With summertime being in full force, popping open some cold sparkling sounds amazing right now. Sit with Dan and Jean to experience it for yourself. Insider tip. If you take notes during the tasting, you'll earn brownie points with Jean. And as always, tell them AJ sent me when you make a reservation. 